Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Greg Amzinger of MLB Network, kind enough to join us. Greg has, uh, he's been taking advantage of the weather to try to get in his last few days of golf for 2021. This morning, as I see, it's 48 degrees and foggy in Montclair, New Jersey. But it's going to be up to 63 this afternoon. Are you, and first of all, good morning, are you, with your preparation for tonight's MVP award show, going to be able to get out and hit a few? You are asking the greatest question ever. And the fact that you looked up the weather is really intriguing to me because the fog that you're discussing is literally the reason I can't play today, which is probably why I'm on the radio with you right now. (laughs) The fog is so intense. That I can't play. They're not letting anyone tee off, and therefore the delay is going to last so long I won't even be able to get in 18 holes in before I have to get ready to go into work to host the MVP show. So this is how hard it is to be Greg Amsinger right now. These are the things I stress out about. Greg, I have a temperature where I won't play below. And that temperature is 50. And today here in St. Louis, the high is going to be 48. Do you have a temperature that you will not hit the course when it's below? Uh, yes, when they don't allow me on the golf okay, course. Okay, good. If you let me play. I'll play in 20-degree weather. Matter of fact, the best event we have at my – I'm going to sound very bougie right now – at my country club, <laughs> uh, we have what's called a one-club tournament. And, Randy, I need, I need to invite you to this next year. You're going to fly here to New Jersey. You'll stay at the, uh, the, the Amsinger Manor, and, and we will go to the club. And it is you pick one golf club. You play nine holes of competitive golf. You tee off with it. You chip with it. You putt with it. You hold one club in your hand, and you try to play the best nine-hole score you can. Now, the obstacle here is – there's a bunch of Santa Clauses driving around. <laughs> By the way, this is in this is in December, okay? So it could be 10 degrees. There's been snow on the ground for this tournament. But you, there's a Santa Claus driving around, and he has different beverages in his cart, and you have to have a beverage per hole. <laughs> so it ends up being one of the great competitions, and I love it because you have no idea what weather-wise what you're dealing with. It can be 10 degrees out there. I'll play no matter what. Greg, I have played in a one-club, one-ball tournament. It, it was at Forest Park many years ago on April Fool's Day. I don't know if they still do it, but it was old-school golf balls with the rubber bands, and I actually knocked the cover off the ball with my 5-iron, used a 5-iron, oh. and I ended with a, a ball of rubber bands. Wow. 
Hey, I've seen your ball striking is really impressive. I didn't know it was that good back in the day, but wow, you knocked the cover off the ball, Randy. You can tell everyone you did that. That's great. Also, Greg, a drink per hole, I'm inviting myself, so I'll be there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you would have an absolute blast. It's so fun. Okay, well, I want to ask you about Robbie Ray. We saw him win the Cy Young Award last night in the American League. I thought his son, by the way, stole the show. Asher was very, very entertaining. I, I'm sure you got a kick out of that, too. But, you know, he became a free agent. Where do you think he ends up? I think he's going to the Angels. That, that's, that's the pitcher they need to go get. They just went out and gave over $20 million for a one-year deal to Syndergaard. It looks like Verlander is going to go back to the Houston Astros. The Angels have to man up because now it's not only about getting to the postseason, but it's making Shohei Otani happy. And if you've seen any of the quotes that came out since he went back to Japan, he was stressed out playing on a bad team in the second half. Even though he had this magical season, he really is a team-first guy. And he's the biggest star in the game. I know there are a lot of loyalists to Mike Trout. I am one of them. I think Mike Trout's an amazing player, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best players we've ever seen. But Shohei Otani is rewriting the rules and what we think is possible. He is the most captivating star. So the Angels need to put a supporting cast around him. He's never going to be an every fifth day pitcher. He might be their most talented pitcher uh, every year. He's a game one pitcher if they get to a postseason series. But you can't just add Noah Syndergaard. You have to add other pitchers, and they need a dynamite lefty. Robbie Ray has figured it out. The coiling that he does, turning his back to the batter, has changed everything for him. And you, you can't hit his fastball. It is, it's an invisible, and you just can't pick it up. So I, I think Robbie Ray and the Angels makes way too much sense. He's over the age of 30. They don't need to pay him for a long period of time. People are saying Max Scherzer. I think the Dodgers are going to overpay to ensure they keep Max Scherzer. So I, I think Robbie Ray to the Angels is where he's going to go. And, yes, you're right, Asher. I'm telling you what right now. That kid had TV hair, and he, <laughs> yeah. he, he stole the camera with, with, while he was missing his four front teeth. It was an incredible display of TV talent. I knew, Greg, that game would respect game there. I knew you'd appreciate Asher. Without a doubt. He was awesome. Greg, can we move past Otani as the AL MVP quickly? Is there any doubt about him? No, no, he'll win okay. unanimously today, unanimously. Okay. So let's look at the National League, and I loved, and we had the debate last week when you and Harold discussed the difference between player of the year and MVP, but this is going to be the player of the year. Who is going to be the player of the year in the National League? I think the player of the year in the National League will be Bryce Harper because there's still some old-school voters that believe that you know not every month on the baseball calendar is created equal. So even though you get off to a red-hot start in April and May, uh, it's not the same as, as, as being the guy that is the heart and soul of the lineup for a team that's scrapping and clawing its way into the postseason. And Bryce Harper's numbers were good enough in terms of merit on their own OPS over a thousand impressive uh, season. Is it the most jaw dropping? Is it the most unique to me? No, I, I would vote for Fernando Tatis Jr. I think what he did, if you follow baseball, is more unique, more impressive, more valuable to the sport. Uh, to be a 40-homer shortstop, to be the most dynamic base runner, to be a, a, a polarizing figure defensively only because of the injury that he sustained. And, oh, by the way, he went on the IL and came back with a new swing to help his team. 
And I, I know this sounds crazy, but when we went to that game, Randy, and, and we watched the Padres play, right, against the Cardinals, uh, that weekend series where he got into it with Manny Machado and dropped pop-ups in center field and openly was pouting about playing in the outfield. Not verbally, but you saw the body language. He didn't want to play in the outfield. Mm-hmm. When his team needed him most in that important series, that drama – I think is going to hold him back from winning this. So I, I, I would vote for Tatis. A 40-homer shortstop is incredibly unique. There are going to be some analytical guys that think that Juan Soto's on-base percentage is so dramatically impressive over every other stat that he deserves it because none of these guys are in the postseason. So his numbers are more impressive. The way I would debunk that is that Juan Soto wasn't playing in a meaningful game. He was a spoiler in the second half, and there was no one on the on-deck circle. Why would you ever let Juan Soto beat you when you're facing the Washington Nationals with a depleted roster? You're going to go after the next guy. So his on-base percentage to me isn't what everyone is, is, is foaming at the mouth for. I'm, it's not as impressive to me. So I would go with Tatis. I don't think that's who's going to win. I think Harper is going to be the NL MVP. Greg, you mentioned the analytics guy, so I want to bring up a question that Randy and I discussed yesterday. Simple question, yet a complex question. Have analytics ruined baseball? <laughs> no, they haven't ruined baseball. There, A lot of people is, enjoy the game. I enjoy the game. I'm annoyed with some of the nuances that have been added to the game uh, because of analytics. Last night's show was a great example. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns with less than 170 innings. Less than 170 innings, which I believe was a goal of Goose Gossage's back in the day, who was a reliever, <laughs> who was to throw 167 True. innings, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the game has changed so dramatically that it is annoying that Corbin Burns was going to be held back from something I believe he deserved. I thought his dominance in the innings of which he pitched earns him that right. I have many friends, Harold Reynolds being one of them, that thinks Zach Wheeler should have won the award because he gave his team over 213 innings, and that matters. Well, time out. Zach Wheeler also was on a team with one of the worst bullpens in baseball. So there was no better option in the bullpen. There was no better option. You had to leave him out there. Corbin Burns had one of the best bullpens in baseball. So these decisions, guys aren't tapping out. They're not waving the manager out of the dugout to take me out of the baseball game. Okay? That doesn't happen. They're not in control of their destiny because of analytics. We don't want these pitchers facing a lineup for the third time. That's not their fault. Ian Anderson throwing a no-hitter in, in the World Series, and he's taken out after five innings. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, old-school guys like us, we're more upset about it than Ian Anderson is. He's okay with it because all these guys have been growing up through analytics, and they understand this is the future. I think everything's cyclical. I think we'll eventually get back to a bit of normalcy, but it will never be what it once was. You're never going to see a guy like Jack Morris stay in a game and pitch for 10 innings. You'll never, ever see that again in a big game. Hey, Greg, one more thing. We had a texter earlier that says he's sick of the Cardinals not being connected to any free agents by the national media. You work with four or five of the top insiders in all of baseball. Are you hearing the Cardinals connected to any of the big-time free agents? 
I've heard from all my friends. Uh, I think Ken Rosenthal's got his finger on the pulse of this more than anyone. Uh, the Cardinals are in the free agent shortstop market. They are 100% in it. Now, does that mean they're going to sign one of these guys? I'm not sure. Uh, but they are shopping around, and to me, that is the deepest uh, genre of this free agent class. It's the shortstop market. If you want to be excited during a winter and you know your team, which was already in the postseason, uh, and there's excitement around you know, new leadership in the dugout, uh, I, I don't know how you can be frustrated when you know, and if Ken Rosenthal is reporting that the Cardinals are definitely in the market shopping around in this free agent class for shortstops, that's exciting. There are huge difference makers in this class. So instead of being frustrated with Noah Syndergaard going to the Angels and maybe Verlander going back to the Houston Astros and, and Barrios signing an extension and you don't hear the Cardinals yet, the Cardinals are shopping on the most expensive aisle at Costco. So mm. I get it. People are walking out with toilet paper. But let's get excited about the booth section because they're going to be walking out with some really nice stuff in their oversized cart. <laughs> in Costco, which I still have a hard time understanding at Costco. But anyway, that's my point. They're, they're, I believe they will walk away with a free agent shortstop, and that will be gigantic news. Love it. Uh, just quick fun fact, 1973, Mike Marshall, 92 games, no starts. As a reliever, he had 179 innings. The following year, he gets traded from Montreal to the Dodgers, pitched in a record 106 games, no starts, a reliever, 208 and a third innings. <laughs> Like I said, those days are over. <laughs> those days are way, way over. Maybe not for a reliever. Uh, oh, I don't know, man. I, but that, to me, that sounds like abuse. I got yeah, it kind of was. With you. Yeah, <laughs> that he, was abuse. He, he was never over 109 innings the rest of his career. Yeah, that's just not good. So there's there's a fine line, Randy. You know, we don't want we don't want relievers going 200 innings. Uh, but you know. <laughs> There's a little normalcy. We'll get to it someday. We will. We will. Yeah, and uh, I love the one one club tournament. This is a great idea. All right. I want to put together a really pretty invitation. I'll send it to you in the mail for next year. You're the man. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Hey, Greg, thanks. <laughs>